Today's podcast was brought to you by all of our Patreon sponsors and today by Audible. Audible is a great resource where you can go and get downloadable books. That's right. If you listen to this podcast, you're probably either on a treadmill, walking the dog, driving to work, or driving to a gig. Why not supplement this great knowledge you're picking up on the School of Last podcast with Audible.com. You can go on there. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to it right on your phone, Android, Kindle, or your MP3 player. If you don't know what to listen to, I'd advise picking up Steve Martin's Born Standing Up. He reads it himself, it's poetry in motion, and he gives great insight into his entire journey from magician all the way through being on Saturday Night Live and doing movies. So, great book to check out on audible.com. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash school of last to get your 30-day free trial and your free download. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash school of last to get your free download and 30-day free trial. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. This is Rick Roberts. And today, I've got a very deep dive interview with Dave Delaney on how you can use LinkedIn to get more gigs, to connect with more people, to network, and to actually utilize the connections you have and spin them off in different ways to just have a bigger impact. You know, I wish I could find out which comic said it. I would love to attribute the uh, statement to him. So if you guys know, let me know. But some comedian one time said, you know, LinkedIn is like a gym. Everybody's got a membership, but nobody ever goes there. And that's the way I feel. I've got all these connections on LinkedIn. Last time I checked, there was maybe 1,200 or something. And I know they're valuable assets as far as knowing somebody and having a possibility of doing a show for them or their company or their fundraising group or their church. But I just don't know all the best ways to contact them and best methods and best practices. So Dave Delaney, I found, he's a Nashville guy. He writes uh, articles for the Tennessean newspaper. That's kind of how I found out about him originally. And he has a company called Future Forth. He actually helps everybody from Fortune 500 companies down to entrepreneurs leverage their social media. And one thing he knows a lot about is LinkedIn. And since I'm just kind of a LinkedIn newbie, kind of a rookie, I wanted to pick his brain a little bit. And you know... This Canadian guy who lives here in Nashville gave me some very specific information that I'm already utilizing and seeing results from. So very excited to share that information with you guys. Uh, real quickly, before I jump into that, I always like to mention what's going on here at the School of Laughs. If you're in the Nashville area and you've been thinking about taking a writing class, we have one of those coming up again in November. This time it'll be Mondays, November 7th, 21st, and 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. right here in the Nashville area. Shoot me an email at schooloflast at gmail.com if you're interested in that, and I'll keep you posted on how much room there is and if there's a spot for you. Also, if you're around the Nashville area, we have our final graduation show of the year. It's at Zany's Comedy Club on 8th Avenue South. That'll be October 11th from 7.30 till roughly 9 o'clock. Uh, tickets are $10 if you buy them in advance, and there's going to be a slew of students uh, students that go way back as far as March performing in this graduation show, uh, kind of having a big send-off for the end of the year. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of different styles. 
And if you ever thought about taking a class and not sure what it can do for you, uh, come out and see the end result. See these different students show their best stuff, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And make sure if you do show up, you know, tap me on the shoulder, get my attention, and introduce yourself. Love to meet you. All right, that's it for right now. Let's jump right into the interview with Dave Delaney. Uh, you might want to get your pen and paper handy. He's got some great notes and some things you can utilize right away. Here we go. I'm here with Dave Delaney, Dave, who I've followed uh, for the past couple of years writing articles in the Tennessean and recently wrote an article about Third Coast Comedy Club, which just opened up here in Nashville. And I thought I'd get him on the podcast and help us comedians and speakers out. How's it going, sir? Things are good. Yeah, it's uh, crazy, you know, full-time juggler. Yeah, I bet. And you're not just a, a business guy. You're a family guy too, right? That, yeah, that's true. I have two two monkeys, two little monkeys who are uh, going on 10 and 11 next month. So. Oh, man. Are they uh, – I've got an 11-year-old. He's into that American Ninja Warrior thing. Is your kids in, into that? Yeah, they like that. Sh- they like that. Um, my son is hooked on Minecraft, and of course. And my daughter's – She's kind of like really into pop music and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're cool. Yeah. They're, they're, they're definitely into that stuff and, and Netflix too. They're, they live and breathe by Netflix. Oh, do, do they? they've got it all queued up, ready to go. Oh yeah, definitely. That's awesome, man. Well, I talked to you a little bit, you know, through email about my, my show. I've got people here that have done stand up comedy for 20 years. I've got them that are thinking about doing stand up comedy and I've got speakers that want to be funnier, but the one thing that I keep always getting questions about are you know social media questions and how they can promote themselves. And I've had quite a few ask me to kind of get a, a little deeper into LinkedIn. We just barely scratched the surface on that a little while ago. So you know, for it's kind of an odd thing for entertainers on LinkedIn. There's a huge opportunity of people to meet, but a lot of us have been out of the corporate game for you know many years. So. We have some connections, but we're not connected in the business sense. We just have those people we, we've accumulated over the years. So, uh, you know, you have an extensive background in social media. What would be the first step you would take if you were somebody who had, you know, like I've got 500 plus connections on LinkedIn and, you know, some of those people I've done shows for, a lot of them I haven't. You know, what's a good way to start nurturing some relationships on LinkedIn? Yeah, I think it's important to check in with folks from time to time. And so reaching out to them would be would be wise, um, you know, and you can start to the like the best thing about LinkedIn is not so much the seeking job stuff. Like a lot of people think it's just a place to post your resume kind of deal. But really, I mean, if you build out a good profile and then you start uh, growing your connections and that means, you know, reaching out to people, uh, you know, initially it's it's a matter of kind of a, uh, an automated process. But then after that, it's a matter of following up with people personally, checking in, providing value to them, um, offering to help folks, introduce people, things like that. Yeah. And as far as, um, you know, touch and base, you know, it's always good to share some content on, maybe we find an article online that might be helpful for somebody that we know on LinkedIn. What, what are some other things of value you think you can add when you uh, contact these folks? Well, I mean, a big part of the value of LinkedIn is the connections themselves. So um, if you know of somebody who is seeking um, like somebody looking for a job in, let's say, marketing and you're connected to some marketing managers at companies, then you could reach out on their behalf and say, hey, I've got a friend, you know, seeking a job. You know, I wanted to see if I could set up uh, a meeting for you, for you both, things like that. So you could, by providing introductions, it can really uh, help people in your network. And really, fundamentally, that's what networking is all about, right? It's all about helping others before or, or even, you know, not asking for anything in return. I mean, the whole intention 
with networking is to take the time to actually help people out. Uh, excellent. Uh, you talk about building out your profile and have a nice, nice, robust profile. What are what are some things that maybe an entertainer or speaker wouldn't think about on the profile side of it that they could take advantage of? Um, testimonials. That's a huge part or recommendations, I should say. That's what, I mean, that's what it's called. So, um, with recommendations, you can, um, you know, you, when you get a recommendation, um, you know, that that's, if, if your updates are active on your profile, then your network sees that you've, somebody has written a re- recommendation for you. So I would start by selecting people in your network and who, you know, who you can vouch for that, you know, are really, really great at what they do and start writing recommendations for them through LinkedIn. Um, one nice thing is that LinkedIn then prompts them when they receive the recommendation to say, Hey, would you like to return the favor and leave them a recommendation? And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. But the point is that you're writing recommendations for people who are awesome. And so that is a really valuable thing. Cause, um, you know, if you have a lot of recommendations on your profile, I mean, that that's social proof right there. So that really helps um, what I do personally. So my my business, you know, I work with small businesses and individuals and I either coach them or consult with them and teach them how to use digital marketing for their businesses. Um, what I do is when I wrap up an engagement with a client or, or when we're in the mid, middle of it, depending or a speaking engagement for that matter. Um, I always ask afterwards, I say, hey, if you only if you're really happy, but if you're happy with everything, would you mind leaving me a recommendation, recommendation on my LinkedIn profile, please? And, you know, they always do. And what's great about that, and sometimes you have to bug them a little bit to remind them. (laughs) But but what I do then is then take those recommendations. So if you go to futureforth.com and look at the testimonials page, you'll see that those recommendations are verbatim copy and pasted from my LinkedIn profile with the person's headshot from LinkedIn and a link back to their actual LinkedIn profile. So if I have somebody who wants to work with me and they, and they say, Hey, you know, do you have any recommendations? I say, go to my testimonials page and you can click any of them and ask. Um, so it's not like John Smith or John S says, Dave Delaney's wonderful. It's actually like a real person with a link to their real profile where you can reach out and ask them yourself, uh, how the experience was so that, and, you know, I have over 70 recommendations on my profile. And so a lot of the, not, I don't pick them all, but I, I've selected some of those to put on my speaking page, um, which is davedelaney.ca if you want to see those in action or, um, on the future fourth blog, which is my business. Very good. You know, that's a, a great tip there. I've got, you know, plenty of testimonials. I tend to get video testimonials after the, the show while they're there, Yeah, but you know, actually asking for one on LinkedIn as well that you can put that. I love the idea of putting their headshot and connecting it right back to the LinkedIn profile. It kind of saves me some work if somebody's looking to to dig dig up a little past history on me. I can just direct them there, like you said. Yeah, and if it's something like if it's somebody you really really want a recommendation from, um, and the the best way to do this is first through email, is request it through email in, in a polite way, of course. Um, but, but request it through, through an email to that contact and then say, and then when they write back and say, yeah, no problem. I'd love to do that. Then write back and say, okay, I will send you a recommendation request through LinkedIn. So make sure that you're connected to them first on LinkedIn. Um, and then request it through LinkedIn. The reason why is depending on the person's seniority or how frequent they are or how savvy they are, um, they may not use LinkedIn very often. 
And so if they don't ever log into LinkedIn, they won't even know that you requested a recommendation. So, um, so this lets the person know ahead of time, they've agreed to do it in an email and now they know, oh, I've got to log into LinkedIn to look for that. And then they, they get alerted in LinkedIn to leave that recommendation. So that's, that's really important, um, because they'll remember that way. Um, and then, uh, the other, well, the other part of that is, is, um, it lets them, it, it reminds them through the email. So you can, you can check back in from time to time if you haven't got it. But the other thing too, is sometimes you get a link, uh, a LinkedIn rec and I've had this too, where you get a recommendation, but it's like attached to your school or attached to like an old job when it was, it should be the new job or the new business. Um, and so if you handle the request for the recommendation rather than just hope they write you one, um, you can attach, you can actually, uh, fill in the form and, 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 pinpoint, like connect it to, sorry, I'm fumbling here, <laughs> connect it to your profile, uh, to that specific business. So that way they, they know to write the recommend, the recommendation will be associated with that business. If that makes sense. Well, it makes total sense. I would never thought of that because you know, they can, they can really wind up anywhere, but you want to direct them right where it needs to be. Right. Right. If they don't know LinkedIn's too well, like I've got recommendations from like college by, from clients <laughs> who accidentally did it. And I'm not going to bother them and say, Hey, would you mind copying and taking that out and putting it, you know, once it's done, it's done. I'm not going to bug them again about it. So yeah. So you want to kind of yeah, beat that before it actually happens. Very good. And you know, sometimes I hear speakers say, you know, I'll, I'll also include a written testimonial form because they're so busy. And if they just want to take that and copy and paste it, it makes it easier for them. I'm not a big fan of doing that. What's your take on, you know, putting words in their mouth, so to speak. Oh, when they, when they say, yeah, just write the recommendation and I'll like to do that, you mean? Yeah, well, a lot of speakers will say, you know, I know my clients are busy, so I'll shoot them an email asking for a recommendation. I'll even write one saying, hey, if you're too busy and this looks good, just go ahead and say, you know, give me the green light and I'll put it in there for you. And it, that to me seems a little aggressive as far as trying to get the recommendation. Yeah, it's pretty presumptuous to do that from the get-go. Um, so I, I mean, I had somebody recently who I spoke for, um, I did a, a, a blogging and social media workshop, um, and she agreed to write a recommendation. And then she's, and then I had to nudge her a little bit because sometimes you have to nudge them a little bit gently and say, Oh, just want to remind you it's been a couple of weeks. Um, and the longer, you know, you leave it, the less likely they're going to do it. So, um, but I followed up with her and she said, you know what, why don't you just write it yourself? Um, and I'll read it over and if I like it or I'll edit it. And I said, you know, that sounds great, but you know, I'd feel dirty, <laughs> you know, I'd rather, so I kind of left the ball and she got it. She understood. I, I said, you know, only you can really say what the experience was like. I can't cause otherwise I'm just going to pull something out of my butt and say, Oh, I'm the best person in the world, you know? <laughs> Something like that. So I, I just, it makes me feel dirty to do that. So I just say, you know, if you can do it, great. If not, I understand. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And a lot of times too, the client will phrase something in a way that it helps you understand the value you did provide while you're with them. And you can't do that if you write the recommendation for them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, using their language to kind of, you know, I've had clients bring up some points why they hired me and why they hired me again. And you know, I would never have known that if I was trying to do it all for him. Right, right. Hey, sorry for jumping in here, but just a quick message from our sponsor, Audible. 
For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audio download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. If you need a suggestion, again, I recommend Steve Martin's Born Standing Up. He reads it himself and it's pure comedy gold. You can download this book or search for one yourself at audibletrial.com forward slash school of laughs. Again, it's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com forward slash school of laughs. Check it out. And now back to this week's episode. Um, I know you can put video on LinkedIn. Do you have any uh, tips or insights? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. You can do, I'm just trying to think. Um, the way I have used it in the past, I'm trying to think if there's anything there now. So um, you can use video on SlideShare. And SlideShare is a is a website, sort of its own little social network in a way, um, where people share presentations. Um, so you upload your keynote presentation or your PowerPoint or whatever, or even a PDF or video, um, through YouTube, you can do that on SlideShare. And then, so SlideShare is this popular website for presentations. SlideShare was acquired, uh, several years ago, uh, by LinkedIn. So it works really well with LinkedIn now. Um, so you can do that. You could, um, there is a section where you can add presentations to your, uh, profile. So I think that's a great thing to do. And I have that on mine. Um, and I do recommend that, especially depending on the type of presentation. Like for example, um, so I spoke at HubSpot, which is a marketing company's, uh, conference last year. Like it's a huge 13,000 people. Um, yeah, it's, it's massive. Um, and so, I mean, my session did not have 13,000 people. It had like, I think 600, 500, something like that. Um, so I used my presentation from that and it was called how, uh, you know, well, you'll like this. You got your listeners will like this too. It's, it's called how improv will improve your life. Um, and it's, uh, all about how I, cause I trained with second city, uh, in Toronto and I, and I've just uh, joined an improv troupe actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here in Nashville. Um, don't tell anyone it's a secret. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so I did a presentation called how improv will improve your life and, and, and associated that with some of the improv stuff that I've been doing lately and then use that on LinkedIn. So it really, uh, and it's had some good views and a lot of feedback. So is, is that a case too, where you could tell the 600 people listening to you, Hey, if you like these slides afterwards, go to my LinkedIn profile and check them out. Yeah. You know, th- you can do that in a more strategic way. And actually with that presentation, I specifically did. Um, what I did was I wrote uh, a small, what I call a mini book. It's a mini ebook. It's a small book, maybe like 5,000 words. So it's barely a book, but it's, you know, uh, ebook form. And um, I wrote it based on the presentation. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend do illustrations for it. And then I put it on a, a website called Gumroad, which is one of the, like a kind of like a Shopify type of website where you can sell stuff. And I put it at like $5 or something like that. And then you can have coupon codes on that site. So I created a coupon code for the conference. Okay. So what I did, this is my marketing genius or my marketing genius, my evil marketing genius, I should say. Um, But no, what I did was I, um, at the end of my presentation, I said, I've written a book about this. And if you're interested, here it is. And the URLs on the screen on the presentation. And if you use the code from the conference, it's free. And so what happened was I had hundreds of people go on with their phones and use the code and download the book, the PDF for free. But what I then did was follow it up with them because now I have their email address so I could follow up with them. Right. 
which then leads to more speaking engagements and uh, and just networking as well. So um, so if there's a way that you can, you know, people call them lead magnets, um, but a way that you can create something and exchange it for an email, then, you know, that's that's one way to do it. So at any rate, I mean, yes, they could have gone to my LinkedIn profile and, and looked through the deck or watched a video or something. But um, in this case, I did it live at the at the actual event and uh, made it a free book. So, yeah, so it worked out really well. No, I like that a lot. And um, let me ask you this, too. So the people, you know, they, they opt in to get your free ebook. What's your process for following them up, you know, trying – because you know, that was an opt-in for the ebook. If you want to add them to your email list, there should be another step, correct? Yeah, don't add people to the email newsletter without their consent first. Or you're gonna, you could wind up in hot water with your email marketing service that you use. So, um, yeah, never manually enter. Add people to a newsletter. Make sure that you send them a message and say, "Hey, I've got a newsletter with a link to the sign-up sheet or the landing page," and ha- and encourage them to sign up that way. Right, and you would just do that once, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for speakers in general, when we go after a speaking engagement for a corporate gig for a you know a Fortune 500 company or somebody that's on LinkedIn, typically we'll be searching for the the VP of marketing, VP of sales, executive director. Is there a way to effectively look for uh, those people in a region? Like, say, I wanted to find just those people in Nashville, Tennessee. What's the easiest way to go about kind of dialing in who you're searching to connect with? Yeah. So there's a LinkedIn. Yeah. In LinkedIn's uh, search settings, there's an advanced search where you can actually search for job titles um, in specific uh, demographic or specific uh, zip codes. So you can actually search for people locally. um, And then you can actually what's great is you can save those search results and have LinkedIn email you a digest when there's new people added every, uh, you know, you can do it every week or every day. So you can actually save those search results and get up updates. Oh, that's great. Nice. I didn't know yeah. about that. I'm doing a workshop actually pretty soon on on LinkedIn specifically for business and and uh, yeah, do, walking through those steps. Because the other important thing with LinkedIn that a lot of people don't realize is you can actually export your connections. Um, un- unlike most social networks, you can actually export the people, your, your connections. And so in doing that, you then have a spreadsheet of the email addresses of everybody who uh, – you're connected with. Um, and I'm not suggesting spamming them or anything like that or adding them to any list, but you have that. So you can actually, um, reach out to those folks if you need to. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've done a couple of times in the past is, you know, export those connections and, you know, drop them into a Facebook ad group, see if the emails line up with their profiles and, and occasionally just kind of put something out there that they may see without me, you know, spamming them directly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great thing to do. Yeah. You can use, depending on how many, um, connections you have on LinkedIn. Yeah. You can export that list and actually create a, uh, um, a, a Facebook ad that's uh, a custom audience it's called, and you can upload that list to Facebook and then target those people in specifically. Yeah. And then you can fine tune that, as you said, by choosing like Nashville or choosing whatever market you're in, uh, you can drill down in those people. So depending on the size of the list, because if it's too small, Facebook, it won't work. Right. Um, but if it's big enough, then yes, it will work. The other thing you can do, um, if you have a CRM, uh, you know, like a customer relationship management tool, um, what I use, I use Contactually. Um, I'm a big fan of that one specifically. And it's not too expensive. Actually, there's like a free 30-day thing. Um in fact, uh, if you go to contactually dot 
nbnradio.com, which is my old podcast. You can get a link for a free trial there. Um, but what that, how that works is you can upload and contextually has buckets. And so you add people to different buckets and then you configure those buckets to remind you to follow up with those people in that bucket every week or two weeks or month or year or however you configure it. And then every day you log into Contactually or use the app and it says, hey, here are 10 people you need to follow up with today. And so you can upload the LinkedIn connections, which I have, to a LinkedIn specific bucket. And now these aren't people I'm going to reach out to every day or every month even, but um, I'll set it up every like 45 days or so or, or you know, and then I'll it, it automatically will, will let me know these are the people you need to follow up with. And Contactually keeps keeps my head focused on, and I've like, I've closed so many clients using, using contextually, which is why I'm a big fan of it. That's great. And do, do you know roughly what the uh, cost is that for like, basic membership? I think it's, it's not much. I think it's like, I want to say like maybe 10 or 15 bucks a month or something like that. It's not too much. I'm, you know, and if it lands you one speaking gig, paid speaking gig or one new client, then it's paid, it's paid for itself. Um, but it is, yeah, it's free if you use that link that I that I mentioned. That's awesome. And let me ask you too, really quickly about, you know, I'm not a premium LinkedIn member. I know there's quite a dip, few different things that are available to you when you do that. What would you say, you know, what, what are the things that are of most benefit if you go premium in LinkedIn? Yeah. I mean, you get more information, more search results. You get to see the people, like everybody who's been snooping at your profile um, and things like that. I think, it's, it can be pretty costly. So I think that, I think it's a matter of how you use LinkedIn. So if you're using LinkedIn to network and to find speaking gigs or to find new, uh, performing opportunities, things like that, then I, I'm not totally sold unless you have like a ton of money that, that you need to pay for that. Um, there are certainly advantages if you work though in like a heavy sales position or recruiting, you know, HR department, something like that, I would, I would consider paying for it for sure. But if you're an individual or a small business and you're just using it mainly to network and things, then eh, I don't know if you need to. Yeah. My, my approach has been when I maxed out everything I can do on the basic, I'll, I'll move up and I'm far from scratching the surface on that. Right. Right. Are there a few things on LinkedIn that most people don't know exist that are pretty helpful? I know you, you know the platform really well. Are there some things hidden in the crevices we should be looking for or utilizing? Um, Trying to think of something interesting. Uh, another thing you can do to spruce up your the appearance of your profile. Well, first of all, LinkedIn profiles are indexed by by Google, so SEO is important. Um, it's especially important if you're looking for a job or something. So using the using make sure that you're using the keywords and terms in your profile summary and in your description and your headline. So um, you also have a max of, I think in the description, I believe last I checked it, it was 5,000 characters and very few people use all of those characters, but that's space that you can use to use those keywords. So be strategic in how you do that. Don't write for bots for like the search engines, write for people, but keep in mind how people search for things. So if they're looking for like a Nashville comedian or Nashville Improv Workshop, and that's something that you do, make sure that it's it's written that way um, in your description. Um, another handy thing to make your description stand out is to, or your summary to stand out is to use characters. There's a website called copycharacters.com, um, and it's all text uh, characters. So there's 
you know, there's like a check mark and a little hand pointing left or pointing the finger, not the middle finger, uh, <laughs> which you really don't need on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can add these different characters, like different bullets or stars. And there's a couple, like a cup of coffee, like on my Twitter profile, uh, which is Dave Delaney on Twitter. If you look at my bio, there's a little cup of coffee. That's one of those copy paste characters. So you can paste those into most things and, and they'll, they'll appear. So that kind of makes like, you can use bullets. Uh, I have a, in my LinkedIn profile, um, there's a phone for my contact information, you know, little, little tiny icons that you can add copy and paste just to make your, your profile stand out more. Very good. Hey, I like that. Well, Dave, I know you're a busy guy, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you so much for, you know, not just what LinkedIn can do, but how it can do it. And that's, that's the kind of stuff our listeners really dig. So I'll link to all of your information, uh, your website, futureforth.com. Let them know about your newsletter. They can get those articles that I read in the Tennessean through your newsletter and blog. Yeah, um, I also have a, uh, I mean, there's a lot of links already, but I have a personal uh, blog as well, which has a personal newsletter too, which I write a, a little more about um, running a business and consulting, coaching, and uh, just life in general and the insanity uh, it is working for yourself or having a family and all that, um, which is at davedelaney.me. Um, and your listeners might be interested. I just read uh, Judd Apatow's book, which was amazing. Um, and I wrote a summary blog post that's on there called 50 Life Lessons from Comedians. And the entire book is all interviews with, you know, famous comedians. And so, and there were some really, what I did is as I read it, I took notes and then I categorized those notes in a spreadsheet because I'm weird that way. And then, and then I wrote a blog post kind of breaking down because I, what I found between all these amazing comedians and I have a real interest in comedy and performance and things. Um, the three main categories are really tips around life, uh, around performance and around writing. And so, um, so I took those quotes from those comedians and kind of placed them in those categories in that blog post, which I think your listeners will, will find really interesting. So you can find that at davedelaney.me. If you just search comedy or comedians there, you'll find it. Very good. Yeah. I'll definitely link directly to it in the show notes so they can find it. Very good, sir. Well, again, I appreciate your time and thanks for all the great information. It looks like I've got my homework for the afternoon figured out here. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and if you guys need more, check out the links, call him up. He's, he does one-on-one coaching, does all kinds of great workshops and get on his list, find out where he's at and go see him. Thank you very much, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Boom, there you go. Dave Delaney delivering the LinkedIn goods. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you took a few notes, whether mental or on paper, and you utilized those things. You know, the one thing I like about this podcast is I learn a lot of things, but if you're not implementing those things, we're just spinning our wheels and wasting 35 minutes together. So make sure you take action on some of this stuff and uh, really put it to use. I, I think you'll see things really change for you. I've already used some of the stuff he's talked about and noticed some some improvements on bookings and getting some things rolling. So I'm super stoked about 2017 and what I can do with all that information. Hey, there's a School of Laughs hotline ringing. Let's see who it is. Hi, School of Laughs listeners. This is Brandon Young with the Acclaimed Comedy Conference, being held in sunny San Diego, California, October 13th through the 15th. It's an old adage in comedy that clean is green. Whether it's corporate work, cruise lines, churches, colleges, or comedy clubs, clean comedy can be a great way to reach a wide audience and, most importantly, earn money while doing it. We've got a lot of great panelists ranging from Eddie Brill, Jimmy Brogan, Charlene May, Tony Calabresi, Scott Wood, a couple other professional comedians coming out. 
teach you guys how to make money doing clean comedy. And uh, there's a so our theme this year is clean isn't a dirty word. As a special gift to School of Laughs listeners, we're offering a seventy-five dollar off discount code at cleancomedyconference.com. All you have to do is enter School of Laughs, all one word, School of Laughs. Save seventy-five dollars off our general registration, which ends October fifth, and our late registration, which ends October tenth. So once again, that's cleancomedyconference.com. Enter promo code School of Laughs to save. And we really hope to see you out in San Diego, October 13th to the 15th. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate the offer for our School of Last listeners. And real quickly, I'd like to read you a podcast review that came in directly via email from, and I hope I'm going to say this right, Jerome Claveau or Jeremy Claveau. Anyway, he says, hey, I just discovered your podcast and I love them. Being new in comedy, I really enjoy the podcast angles, tips and tricks that I can put into action right away, right here, right now. I especially like the experienced guy versus the new guy dynamic you have with Gavin. It really gives a great overview of what you have to do to become a great stand-up comedian. Greetings from northern lands of the country up there, also known as Quebec. So very good. Thank you, sir. I'm going to go with thank you, Clavo, and you let me know if it was Jerome or Jeremy. Uh, I really appreciate you giving me the information, the insight, and let me know you found the podcast up there. I've got several people in Canada that listen to it, as well as 28 other countries, which I'm really stoked about and find fascinating. So thank you so much for sending that to me. Uh, if you enjoy the show, like to leave an iTunes review. I just I really love it. So let's get to 100 before the end of the year, people. We've been stuck on 89 forever. You can do that on iTunes, Stitcher. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio now if you would like, and also directly off the website, schooloflaughs at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. I truly appreciate it. Stay safe out there and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.